Hey, I wanted to just start with a little bit of a prayer activity. I don't know what you came in here with tonight. I don't know what you're leaving and going toward when you leave here, but I am certain of this. We've all come in here with something. We've come in here carrying things with us, whether it's fears and worries and anxiety, or whether it's just this mounting to-do list that feels like it's going to consume us alive. I want us to just take a moment to sit still before the Lord and surrender that to him. So can you do this with me? Would you just turn your palms up and close your eyes and take a deep breath? And just notice your body. Where is it you're carrying something? Is there tension or stress? Something in your heart or your mind? Try to name whatever that thing is that you're carrying before the Lord. And I want to invite you um, just to physically turn your palms over and release whatever that is. In your mind's eye, just lay it at the Lord's feet. And now I want to invite you to turn your palms back up toward heaven and to just be aware of the presence of God with you right now. Take a moment to just receive his love and his grace and his mercy and let that wash over you. So Lord, we thank you that you are present with us right now. In fact, you've been present with us all day and many of us just haven't paused to notice it. And we notice it now and we thank you. We pray for this thing that we have released to your feet, Lord. We know that it is in your capable hands and I pray that you help us to leave it there now. And Lord, would you use this time that we are together? Would you speak deeply to our hearts? Would you teach us truth from your word? And would you do it for your glory? And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you for doing that with me. We just practiced together uh, this kind of brief moment of surrender and then presence with the Lord. It's actually something I've been trying to do in my relationship with the Lord, is to, um, to be more intentional about surrendering to him, to just kind of lay all of my things at his feet, the things that I, I want to um, unload before him, the burdens I'm carrying, stress, or, or things that just aren't right in my world or in the world that I would love his intervention on, kind of laying those at his feet. And then after I have done that, trying to be intentional to just be still in his presence. I've actually been setting a timer on my phone for five minutes to be still with the Lord. Five full minutes. And you know what? It's really hard to do. I mean, we're talking five minutes out of an entire day, just five. I'm like, not, not tons of time, not hours, just five. And it is so, so hard for me to do. 
And I know that I am not alone in that. I believe that it is hard for all of us to be still before the Lord. You know, this year um, I prayed and I asked the Lord for a word, something to notice that he wanted me to work on this year or a phrase, something he wanted me to carry with me. It's something I've been doing over these last few years, and sometimes he gives me a word and sometimes he doesn't. Um, But this year, it felt like he just kind of like cut through all of the clutter and the chaos in my brain, and he spoke the word present to me. Present. And as I started to reflect on this word present, I started to notice just how not present I was pretty much everywhere. I had grown into this place of just kind of incessantly multitasking, right? Trying to cram a few more things in and do a few more things at once. I had even become guilty of having a conversation with one person and texting somebody else at the same time. Because, you know, honestly, if I can have two conversations at once, that's super productive, right? It's actually not productive at all. In fact, science tells us that multitasking doesn't work. And yet we try, don't we? We try and try and try because we figure if we could just cram a little bit more in, we can be a little bit more productive and we can get a little more done. And so as I started to reflect on the fact that I wasn't being present anywhere, then the Lord also revealed to me that it wasn't just in my relationships and my tasks that I wasn't being present. It was also in my relationship with him that I wasn't being present. See, I was showing up with him. I was reading scripture. I was trying to pray, but my mind was in a thousand different places. And normally what I would do when this kind of would take over is I would start to journal because I figure if I can sit down and I can engage more of my senses, it'll help me focus but I couldn't even journal. In fact, if you look back over my journal, which I'm not showing you, by the way, but if you look back over my journal this last year, the end of the year, there would just be weeks with no journal entries, and that's not like me. And so I wasn't being present with the Lord either. And as I kept reflecting, the Lord then gave me this profound truth And I'm not kidding, it has been profound for me. Like I have been thinking about it since the beginning of the year. It just keeps coming up and it has been life-changing for me. So are you ready? You can only be present where you are, right? Okay, I know it's not that profound, but it's true. Like you can only be present right here where you physically are. That's the only place you can be. And yet, we try to be more places than right here, don't we? We let our mind go off into another place, and it is not productive. Because unless we physically get up and leave this place and start tending to whatever it is that's cluttering into our mind, we can't actually do that thing. So we can only be present where we are. So why not be present right here? And that's what the Lord has just been speaking to me. Just be here. Just be present. And as he did all of this work in my soul, it's almost like he just kind of like reached down into my soul and did this diagnostic work on my spiritual health. And it wasn't healthy. 
See, all of the things that I was doing out here, this multitasking and this not being able to sit still and all of that were just symptoms of something much deeper happening in my soul. And so as I started to reflect on that and tried to be present, I realized, oh, I'm not healthy and there is a better way. I know there is a better way. So I'm not sure what's happening in your soul. I'm not sure what your diagnostic test is, but it may not be exactly the same as mine. And so I don't want to leave you out. So let me see if any of these resonate with you tonight. Perhaps you have stopped sleeping well, and it has nothing to do with your hormones, ladies. Right? Yeah, uh uh-huh, here. Or maybe you have become so easily annoyed. I mean, like your kids smack their gum or your husband clicks his pen or the woman next to you types really loudly on her computer and are you kidding me? It's gonna send me through the roof, right? Yeah, there's a few of you in here. Or maybe this is you. You just were gonna have one Girl Scout cookie and you ate the entire box. But can we be honest here? The boxes get smaller every year, right? Yes, I hear an amen. Or what about you finally just had a moment, a moment to sit down and you grabbed your phone and 30 minutes later, you felt marginally caught up on Instagram and a whole lot worse about that box of Girl Scout cookies, right? Or maybe this is what you're dealing with. Everybody seems to start moving so slow. Like seriously, the guy in front of you has no clue how to drive. And the checkout person has no idea how to tell the difference between leeks and green onions. And once she finally figures it out, she can't find the code to save her life. Please, I have got places to go. Get out of my way, right? Okay, that might just be me. Maybe, maybe it's this. Your best friend just got a job promotion and she lost 10 pounds. Great. So happy for you, right? Or here's the last one. If none of these have resonated with you, you find that you are just consistently worried. Because can we be honest here? The government has lost their ever-loving mind. And I might lose my job and there is definitely not enough in my savings account. And what if my car breaks down on 635? And have you seen 635 lately? I don't want to be stranded there. What if my kids don't grow up to be people I actually like? And what if, what if the Girl Scouts never sell cookies again, right? Okay, I don't know. What resonates with you in that? Where you are becoming easily annoyed or quick to be angry or just lose your patience immediately. But all of those things are just symptoms of something that's going on much deeper in our soul. So let me ask you this. How's that working for you? How's that working for you? I'm guessing it's working for you about as well as it had been working for me. Not very well. And yet, 
God tells us over and over again in his word that there are these abundant promises for us, that he offers us a life of joy and peace, and that he tells us that if we abide in him, we will find rest for our souls. And he says that if we um, have peace, we can have peace that transcends all understanding that will guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. And do you feel that peace? And then he says that he's come to bring us abundant life. Abundant life now, right now, not just in the future. See, these are the promises of God and we believe them, don't we? We nod our head and we said, yes, those things are true. And yet, we don't live like we believe them. There seems to be some sort of disconnect there because we know it's true and yet we live differently than that knowledge. And that's where our psalm comes in because there is a better way. And Psalm 4610 tells us that that better way is to be still to be still and know that he is God. To be still. Because it's in the stillness that we surrender and we relinquish control back to God. The Hebrew word translated as be still means to cease. It means to relax, abandon. It actually paints this beautiful word picture of letting your muscles hang limp so as they will not respond, even if a response is required, to just hang limp. It means to be intentionally inactive, intentionally inactive. But in order for us to be intentionally inactive, in order for us to just kind of let our muscles hang limp, we need to believe that somebody else is responding on our behalf, right? Because I'm not going to let someone attack unless I know somebody's fighting for me. And so we need to trust that the God that we are still before is worthy of our trust. And that's why Psalm 46 doesn't start with the command to be still. It ends with the command to be still. And in Psalm 46, we are going to discover that there are three trust-building, faith-building characteristics about our God that show us that he is worthy for us to be still before. And so what I want us to do is I want us to quickly look through these three characteristics of God, and then we're going to practice being still together. For just five minutes, we are going to be still And I promise it's not going to kill you, and it's going to go really fast. So let's dive into our psalm. If you've got your Bible, go ahead and open it with me to Psalm 46, because we'll be there the whole time, but we'll also have the verses up on the screen. So it starts with this. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. And so the first characteristic that the psalmist reveals to us in this psalm that is true about God is that he is ever-present. Our God is ever-present. He is always at the ready, always there. 
And Deuteronomy 31.6 expands on this concept and it says this, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, because they were being pursued. It says, for the Lord your God goes with you. And notice this, he will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He is ever present and he will never leave. This word for leave is the Hebrew word rapha. And it's the exact same word in Psalm 46.10 for be still. Think about this for a moment. God says, I will never rapha you. And so you can be Rafa. He will never cease, so we can cease. He will never abandon, and so we can abandon. He will never relax, so we can relax. He will never let his muscles hang limp and not respond. So guess what? We can. See, our God will never be still, which means we can be still. That's a God that we can be still before. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And he is always ever present with us. And even more than that, our God is our pursuer, isn't he? We see this all through scripture. He pursues us. So clearly we see it with Jesus, right? Because it didn't matter how much striving or working or whatever we tried to do, we could not save ourselves, And so he sent Jesus to save us. The ultimate example of why we can be still is because our God is a pursuer God who comes to save us. And even more than that, Jesus, who is seated now at the right hand of God the Father, what happens next? Sins the Holy Spirit to indwell us. You can't get more ever present than that, ladies, right? Our God is with us, ever present, never leaving us, never forsaking us. And that is a God we can be still before. And because of this truth, the psalmist tells us that we need not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, we need not fear, though it feels like the earth is giving way under our feet. There is chaos all around us. We need not fear because our God is with us. He is ever present. And so even when it feels like chaos, we can be still in the refuge of our God. So the second characteristic that the psalmist tells us is that our God is eternal. He is ever present and he is eternal. And he is a God who is preparing a place for us in eternity. And that's where the psalmist goes. So let's read these next set of verses. It says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. See, these verses speak of the place where God dwells. And the original audience would immediately go to Jerusalem, which is where the temple was, which is where God resided. 
except for these verses talk about a river that runs through the city, and Jerusalem has no river that ran through it. And so we know that this is speaking of a future place with a river that runs through it. And Revelation 22 tells us of this future place, this perfect, beautiful city that has a river that runs through it, that makes glad the city of God, paints this beautiful picture of abundance and peace and joy, perfection. This is the place that we get to be with him because that is where he's dwelling. And Jesus tells us that he is right now preparing this place for us. Let me remind you of Jesus's words in John 14. Jesus says this, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be with where I am. God is preparing a place in eternity for us so we can be still. See, there is nothing anyone can do to us that could compromise our place in eternity. So even though the earth may feel like it gives way under our feet, we can trust our ever-present and our eternal God. And there's a third characteristic that the psalmist tells us about, and it is that our God will be exalted, ever-present, eternal, and exalted. The verses say this, come and see what the Lord has done. Now, this is also forward-looking. The desolations he has brought on the earth, he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. Do we not long for this day? He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And for God to be exalted means that he will receive universal recognition. You know, scripture tells us that there will come a day when every knee will bow every knee because God will be exalted and we will not be able to deny anymore who our God is. And every single person in the world will recognize that he is truly God. That is what it means. And in this day, it says that he breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. He takes every tool that we think we need, every weapon that we think we need, and he renders them useless. And it is nothing that we did. It is only the work that he does. And that's why he tells us we can be still, because he will be exalted one day. It is a day that we look forward to and long for. And then God does something unique in this psalm. See, most of the Psalms are the psalmist words and prayers crying out to God, communal hymns, but it's the people speaking to God. And in this moment, God breaks through and he speaks directly to us. And that means we need to pay attention to what he has to say. And he says, be still and know that I am God. 
And this word know is more than just head knowledge. It's this experiential knowledge. See, we know he is God as we are still before him. And yet it takes faith to be still before our God, to let our muscles hang limp before him. And as we have faith, as we do this act of worship even, to be still, we come to know him. And as we come to know him, we can have faith to be still. And as we are still, we come to know him, and we have more faith to be still. And we be still, and we know and we are still, and we know. And this is what God is inviting us to. Actually, this is what God is commanding us to do. Because he is saying, all of these symptoms, all of these things that feel like chaos in your life, I am telling you, I've got it under control. And so you need to be still. I am a much better God than you are. So be still before me. And so that's what I want us to do right now. I want us to practice being still. Now there's a couple of things that I want to tell you about this practice of stillness. The first thing is, when we are still, we are still in our body and in our mind, which means that this is not the time when we tell God the thousands of words that are in our heart that we want him to do right now. There are other times to lay our hearts bare before God, very important, but this is actually a time when we just try to be still in body and mind. The second thing is that I want you to try and lay all of your expectations aside for this time because our main goal and objective is just to be aware of his presence because that is enough, because he is enough. And so try to lay those expectations aside. The third thing is, I want to tell you something that will most certainly happen to every single one of you. And that is, all kinds of random thoughts will come into your head at this moment. From the spice you ran out of three weeks ago to that sock that you haven't been able to find for months. All of these random things will come into your head. And so here's what I want to invite you to do. You can either just physically turn your palms over and release it to God. Or if you want, just write a little one word note to yourself and then move back in to silence. And the last thing is something that I have found very helpful for me when I do this moment of silence with the Lord is to say a breath prayer before him. Something I just repeat over and over to try and settle and still my mind. And so I would invite you to perhaps say some form of be still and know that I am God. You might even just say, be still. You might just say, be. Just be. And so we're going to enter into this time, and, and we are going to experience a full five minutes of stillness with the Lord. And um, it's actually going to go really fast. <laughs> and I will close us. You don't need to watch your phone. You don't need to watch your clock. And in fact, I would say this. Please pull your phone out right now and turn it to silent because the enemy would love to distract us. And so someone will call you, I promise. So turn off your phone. And, uh, and so we're just going to, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guide us into this uh, time and then we'll take the five minutes to be still and then I'll, I'll uh, close us at the end. So let's, let's do this together. I'd invite you um, again to just start in the same posture that we started earlier 
and hold your hands open to the Lord. And now um, take that thing that you named before God and just lay it at his feet. Lay all the cares and worries of your day at his feet. Lord, we, um, we seek to be present with you now. Help us to be still and know that you are God. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are present with us. Thank you that we can be still before you. That you are ever present, that you will never leave. That you are eternal and you prepare a place for us in eternity. And that you will be exalted. And there comes a day when you will be exalted all through the earth and we long for that day, Lord. But until that day, would you help us to choose to be still before you, to let you be God, to let you fight for us, to let you do the work that only you can do. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.